3: Live on Joy 99.7 firm. My name is Evan Spencer, and then of course, this is gonna connect. I, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but there have been two consistent weeks now where we've had two major credible reports, all of them with one conclusion Ghanaians are corrupt. And I know when I say Ghanaians are corrupt, you say, but not, not me. Well, but guess what? I'm sure we are all happy discussing oh, it's the police is first, the executive is second. The MPs are uh, third, the judges are fourth, the custom officers, the electoral commission, they are all there in that order. The first one also then, of course, then isolates some of the institutions, talks about the uh, large cash-takers, mentions them uh, in, in the same vein, prosecutors, the police, etc., etc., etc. But have you stopped to ask the question that these individuals who occupy, the, these institutions are occupied by people, and they're Ghanaians, they are. So let's ask that real question then. This is a reflective conversation about ourselves uh, today. And that's exactly what we are having uh, today uh, for for on Ghana, Connect, Connecting Ghana and Beyond for this conversation. Some have asked the question on the back of all this, and that's the question we are going to ask ourselves. I mean, are we as citizens not being hypocritical? Remember that when these surveys go around and the, and the researchers go around, Perception Index 2, it's there, the CPI, the most famous one, the Corruption Perception Index, they simply ask the question of us, and we give them answers based on what we perceive is the problem. But you need to ask, I mean, when we do that, I will not being hypocritical when we tell these researchers, either those of the Afrobarometer Survey or the statistical surveys that others, like the police, etc., as I've mentioned above, are corrupt, when in fact we are all corrupt, or certainly guilty parties in corrupting those institutions. And you need to ask the question. I mean, the, the Ghanaian who is so willing... To offer a police officer a bribe locally here on the streets of accra will we'll dare do that when he steps on the streets in the, in london or in, in new york why is that let's talk about it today on ghana connect and, and uh I, I got a few views this week that makes the point that this is a society problem this is a, a whole society problem it is a ghanaian problem and not a particular institutions and if you look at it from that perspective then maybe you begin to Address a problem. Le- the problem I have is that
4: many of us Ghanaians don't
2: even know ourselves. Mm. We are all living borrowed lives. Evans has acquired this, I must acquire it. And you see, we don't even bother to investigate the source of wealth. Parents know that their children do not deserve certain possessions, material possessions. Yet, what do we we sing the praises? That is where you go and see your friend. Oh, my son is this, my daughter is this, knowing very well that the source is not clean. Let's be bold enough to know ourselves, ask if you Ask ourselves, what do we want to be remembered for?
5: You are talking about high-ranking officials. I think people are just simply referring to the same group yeah. of uh, people that we are talking about, the presidency, parliament, the judges, and, and so on and so forth. So democracy is not only in decline. I think our democracy is on fire,
3: and we all have to be very, very worried our democracy is on fire I like that that's uh, um the a, a doctor who spoke to us on pm express uh, this week with the africa parliamentary watch a good friend of ours uh, sharing his thoughts on on this very important subject dr rashid ramande making the point that the the, uh, the effect of everything else we've seen with these reports is that it is, is, is corrupting our democracy but who is doing so i know many of you have pointed the fingers the fingers already at the are the others, the others who are corrupt and, and not us. So what did we do before the show? We we wanted to test it to see if um Ghanaians will accept that this is a society problem and and, and that we we are simply all corrupt. We we wanted to test that and we, we put up a poll with very fascinating results in it. Are uh, Ghanaians gotta be honest when they look into the mirror. Join us now on Twitter, hashtag
5: GhanaConnectLive, Facebook, join 99.7 FM, or send us a WhatsApp on 0244-340-437 and we will call you back. Join the nation's biggest conversation now and connect to authority.
3: Bringing my connectors uh, pretty shortly on uh, on this very very controversial question. Let's stand in the in, in the mirror right now. The man in the mirror, uh, what do you see when you when you look at corruption and we talk about it? And so, listen, um, Manuel is joining me in the studio. Manuel, so what question did we ask? On on our social media handles before the show. So Evans, on the back of all the details in the reports and the suggestions
6: of the institutions that are corrupt and so on and so forth, we ask people: Have you ever been compelled to be corrupt? Uh, that's a pretty que- uh, you know
3: simple question. Very but, simple uh, question. You know, uh, it's a but, pretty it's yes or no. Well, it's very simple yes yeah. or no. But what we all wanted to do was to just test if we've all been corrupt. Yeah, uh, and do we accept if we're standing for the mirror that we are all corrupt right mm. uh let's uh, do the joy fm twitter handle do you have that or do you have the joy news one I, I have joy fm twitter one okay so the joy fm twitter handle same question yes or no what 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 was the
6: outcome well a whooping 68% 68% of our respondents tonight say yes they have been compelled to be corrupt, which means I've been compelled in one way or the other to give or offer services, Bride, you know, cash, bribes, uh, yeah. you know, favors. Oh, yeah. All of these oh, ones okay. uh, you know, okay. put together in okay. the box. So, of so, so that tells a
3: story straight away. That 68 percent of people. Yeah. Absolutely. Or only, only <laughs> Really. Only thirty-two percent say uh, no. Mm-hmm. And okay. even for them, we need to ask the question whether they are being <laughs> honest with us. <laughs> you know,
6: and, and you know, there are quite a number of people who actually, you know, put. Explanations to the ah, okay. guilty with explanation. <laughs> okay, let's go. Let's let's hear. Uh, it. You, so, this one is from uh Maspero Akwanda and says that no one can compel me to be corrupt. My integrity is more than any other offer that will cause me to turn it down. Mm-hmm. This one says, Well, until you get to that tight corner, you'll never know because people are paying and going. Um, Adam L. Nook says, Yes, at the police station. I summoned a tenant to rent control for redress and when the tenant refused to appear I was asked to accompany the police officer to submit the subpoena to the tenant and I had to pay the police officer after all was done the officer asked for it bluntly mm. said you know and I'm guessing the president so what next you know before mm-hmm. settle the boys and he had to pay and so that's um, Adam Elnouk responding to our question of have you ever been compelled okay to
3: be so that is the joy fm page and then you go to the joy news twitter handle and you're getting again a similar although that this time is close up but there's a 10 percentage points there what what what, what's, what did you find there so 60 percent
6: of our respondents on the joy news uh, twitter page say yes and just remember that in, on the Joy FM Twitter page, 68%, 58. that's mm-hmm. two-thirds of our respondents. This one 60%. Um, more than half of the respondents say we have been compelled to at some point be corrupt. And just um, 40% say no, we have not been uh, compelled to be, cor- uh, to be corrupt. Wow. Well, this one says yes a friend was asked to pay twenty thousand ghana a a friend not (laughs) (laughs) somebody else you know always a tendency Uh of blaming Uh other people somebody else exactly for a public sector job so he was calling to raise the money (laughs) and goes on to say other things what will you do if you are running late for an engagement unless internal traffic warding is threatening to send you to all sorts of places if that uh, 10 ghana cities does not change hands a human, after all.
0: Mm. And then, you know, yeah. comments
6: are coming I, I, back.
3: That's the point. That's the point about being human. But are we, as Ghanaians, maybe, just made to be corrupt? Let's bring our connectors in now, who are, are connecting from all over the world right now. Samson Insaki is an importer and an, ex, uh, an exporter as well. Hello, Sampson. Uh, thanks for connecting here on uh, on Ghana Connect. Thank you for me great great, you great, to you great to have you, Samsing. great to have you, something. Um, and, and everybody else connecting with us on Zoom, this is the time to unmute now because I want to hear your voice as I introduce you, uh, to, to the rest of the world. Uh, Eunice Asari uh, is a debater and environmentalist. Hello, Eunice.
7: Hi,
3: great to have you, Eunice. Yeah. Great, NIAI member, Economic Fighters League, they've been fighting. I wonder what his answer will be to that question that uh, puts him in front of the mirror. Um, hello, Ni. Yes, greetings, Great to have you, Ni. Uh, Same here. S- Samuel is a student, an uh, ophthalmologist, optimo- and uh, also connects with us. Hello, Samuel. Uh, Samuel, can you hear me? Okay, let's see, uh, Samuel will join us. And, and let's go to the UK. Uh, Foss, a uh, good friend of mine, uh, missed him a lot. And he connects with us. He's a broadcaster uh, in uh, on the, in the UK uh, waves in London. anytime <laughs> you're in London, please find him. I mean, I mean, I, I'm not. i not finished introducing you first. um I know you have it, but i don't <laughs> want you to go anywhere because I just want you to start by looking in the mirror yourself. <laughs> oh, 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 Okay. Look, look. Let's start with that. Let us let, start with it Have I ever been compelled? Of course, I have been. I. I of course. I mean, have I have been. Um, but have I have I managed to sometimes um, avoid the temptation? Of course I have been too. So having put that out right out in, in the open, um, for because you are in the UK, um, I'll come to you last, but let me run through this question. Remember, Carla is also connecting. Hello, Carla.
8: Hi Evans, good evening.
3: Carla, great to have you uh, connect with us. And, and Carla is, is a good legal practitioner. Here. And Carla runs a very, very uh solid uh, agency and doing brilliant. Carla, run us through again. What do you do?
8: Okay, so um I run uh, an agency called Agency 77. I'm a lawyer myself. Providing uh, business consulting services to small and medium-sized enterprises and people in the creative industry.
3: Oh, fantastic! Kala, I was asking you that question. I was setting you up. I, I, I was hoping you wouldn't take the bait, but you did. So let me ask you the question then: Have you ever been compelled? Oh, no! <laughs> you already <laughs> took the bait. So yeah, the lawyer, you know, you're an entrepreneur, etc., etc. Have you ever been compelled to pay a bribe? Oh no, not bribe. Just corrupt. Let's <laughs> use the word broadly. Have you ever been?
8: Okay, so so Evans, I'm a lawyer, so I'm not just going to answer your questions. Uh-huh. Too, I, don't I take know a fist about incriminating myself. Okay, but, but what I will say mm-hmm. is that just in in day day to day life, working out, you know, dealing with authorities, just just everybody, you know, there's you know, we talk about corruption and bribery, but there, but there's also extortion, right? Mm. There's extortion where. People who are meant to give services that you are entitled to deliberately withhold them or put you in a position where you, you, you either forfeit those services or you give them what they're asking for, right? And so it's not it's not as simple as just everybody. So there are people who actively go out wanting to bribe, right? I've gone somewhere. I want to get an extra advantage. So I have the intent to go and bribe. And then there are people who are being extorted by people in authority. so let us make that distinction. <laughs> I'm not okay. excusing anybody. Okay. I'm just saying let's make that distinction okay. so
3: so yeah, you did the distinction. Let me ask you, this is a yes or no one. Now, since you did an distinction, I'll use your own distinction. <laughs> okay. Have you been extorted?
8: In my
3: life, absolutely yes. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Finally, the lawyer answered the question there. Okay, so so you're saying, well, it's not my fault. I just had to be. I was exhausted Okay, I get it. Carla, stay with me. Uh, let me ask okay. the same question now of uh, Eunice. Hello, Eunice. Hi, everyone. Eunice, tonight we are all standing in so, front of the mirror. Answer the question for me: yes or no first.
9: Right. So I um, agreeing with Carla. I think that it's going to be difficult to give out a blanket statement and In fact, that would go for anyone in this kind of situation, right? Because when you look at corruption, there are certain perceptions that follow corruption. Some people look at the large kind of situations where, say, the taxpayer's money is funneled offshore for some reason or another. You look at smaller situations where you bribe, um, say, a security officer or someone working in a public institution for something, right? But then i think that at the end of the day because of the nature of corruption whether you have been directly involved in it you have to an extent been corrupt simply by existing in a system that allows people to be corrupt and probably from turning a blind eye when you see others doing the exact same thing that you know is something that is corrupt so in conclusion right i wouldn't say that i have been Um, pushed to the wall to the extent where I have to be corrupt, as Carla was explaining that even though you know that you deserve this service or this good, you are being frustrated simply because the one providing that is like wants some extra benefits, right? So to say that outright no is a hard one, but then an outright yes too is also very hard because I think to a large extent I haven't been pushed to the wall to be in a situation where I had to be corrupt. To be able to move on to what it is that
3: i'm trying I, to do. I, I honestly don't don't understand what you just said there but i'll take it that you know yeah yeah so, so not a hard no not a hard yes so what so what is it yeah so what what i am it trying is, to
9: say is it, 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 it says
3: it's just it, it's it, i i just wanted to illustrate a point right what you said simply suggests to me that you are hesitating to say I'm. I've never been corrupt. There's a hesitation there.
9: Yes, because of what I was explaining earlier with how corruption is something that is very broad, Mm. and so to put it in a blanket statement as a yes or a no is something that would be difficult to answer. Mm. Like with a yes or no.
3: Very interesting. Very very interesting indeed. Uh, Ni, I know Ni. You've had you've had like five minutes now to try and frame your answer, (laughs) so. Give it to me. What's your answer? Yeah. Um So, uh, of course, engaging in a, a corrupt practice like um, bribing, if you're if you're a Ghanaian citizen, of course you would. Hello. Yeah, I'm here. But by the way, I I don't want us to limit this to bribe. By the way, I just want to use the okay. word cor- corrupt g- corruption generally, so that we don't, you know, as Carla has said, you know, you don't narrow it down to because it's a pretty broad concept. What would you answer to a yes if I say, have you been compelled to be corrupt as a Ghanaian? Yes, but-
5: Yes, but to a certain point, because when I became politically conscious and active, I've done, I've done my best to stay away from such corrupt practices. But of course, before I came to that point, yes, as human as I am, you can find things that would be in that life.
3: Mm, I like the answer. I like the yeah. answer. So, so this is the answer I got a lot on Facebook and Twitter. There are people who say, yeah, but I'll have an explanation somewhere. Samuel, what about you? You are a student. You, you, you can't tell me that at this point in your life, You've confronted, you know, the, the challenges that you know those before you have. Do we have someone? Okay, maybe we don't have more. Okay, right. do you have someone? Samo, goodness me! I think we have a challenge with your connection. We have a challenge with someone's. Let's let's connect. Let's uh, fix someone's connection and let's go to force now. Forces in the UK. Force. I want you first to speak to me like when you arrived over the over the Christmas period and we met and we had a laugh. So you were in Ghana, right? And then you've been yeah. in the UK. When you've been in Ghana, have you been compelled yeah. to?
2: Yes, I have, but I did not give in. And that's the answer I'll give. And I'll give you a very typical example. And one was when I came to Ghana to come and get my Ghana card, Dan. And I tried to get it done in a timely manner. Every processes that I wanted to go through, um, I asked a question and I joined the queue and you could just see that I, I had a field day out of it. I really observed something that made my day. I spent three days trying to get the card and it made me so happy. I wrote a whole, I wrote something about it that made my day, but I had the time to do that. And I could see people who acted that they did not have the time to do that. And they were brought from somewhere to jump a queue and those things. But so, yes, I have been compelled to, but I haven't given in. There are two sides to this thing because when you look at corruption in its totality, it is the giver and the taker. And even when you say you are, like Carla said, extortionate, and when someone is trying to extort something from you, you either give in or you don't. So it's a choice thing. But I just tend to look at it from a totally different point of view. In Ghana, it has been a very embedded practice because reasons, the most important reasons why corruption persists in other countries, in most countries, is to do with wage. Are we paying our people well? Are they being able to actually survive on what you're paying them? If that is the case, then you can curb those things. It's never going to be eradicated because I'm not saying corruption is not in the UK. It is very vividly seen in the UK. We have loads of scandals that happen in the UK on corruption. However, comparatively, it is lesser. And also, corruption is also linked to a country's age. How old is Ghana? So let's be very, very careful. Instead of gathering ourselves and throwing ourselves in the bin, we should be very careful and be very marginalised when it comes to talking about such a broad
3: Are you suggesting, and briefly so that I can put that to my other connectors, that yes, we are corrupt as Gandhians, but we have a legitimate excuse to be?
2: No, I'm not suggesting that. I'm saying that circumstances
3: push people to do things. Okay. Ni do you agree not with that? everybody does it. Okay. Stay with me. Ni you agree with that? Um, well, well I'm, I'm still processing his, his thoughts. But um, <coughs> this,
5: this, this corruption thing, I, I think um, we have to look at it as a, as a, as a function of failed leadership. Because um, the reason why we blame every corrupt activity on the, on the president, for instance, is because he controls every other arm of government, particularly in the Ghanaian system. So he's the one who appoints the chief justice. He's the one who even makes his appointment for who's going to be the special prosecutor or the attorney general. So if there's any case of corruption in government, we, we assume or suppose that the president will have a certain particular interest in it and make sure corrupt elements in this government will be exposed and prosecuted. But in our instance, you realize that the president is actually the one who does all the clearing. When someone is put on in an investigation, he quickly comes to, you know, clear the person and saying there was no corrupt. Charges um, against him found, and all of those things. So it comes down to, to leadership. If leadership can crack hard, strongly on corruption, and we have suggested that we should even consider making corruption a capital offence. When that is done, we'll make people afraid to be corrupt, <laughs> and, and that, is, that is yes, make people afraid to be corrupt, and that's where we can begin to to even start tackling that cancer that we are experiencing. But otherwise, right now, there are laws. It seems corruption is a misdemeanor, so if someone in government is able to. To make lots of millions of CDs or dollars vanish into thin air, and nothing comes of it. But the ordinary woman on the street who steals a bunch of plantains or cassava is given a hefty, a hefty sentence in, in court. And those people are serving real jail time. So, I, I mean, it's, it's about time we, we, we look at leadership. And then, and, and of course, it comes down to the same argument that our constitution needs to be changed. Okay. The constitution, as it stands right now, is behind a lot of this rot which is making people have a field deal with corruption.
3: I mean, and you introduce a very interesting perspective that for you, forget about a society, it's about leadership. Carla, do you, agree, do you agree that this whole problem we've been talking about for two weeks now is a leadership one and that it's the other necessarily and not us?
8: No. <laughs> no, I, I really don't agree with that. I, I do think that it is absolutely the responsibility of leaders... To model and enforce integrity in a society, leaders, um, in, you know political leaders, you know, judges, police, et cetera, right? but I, I really don't agree, and it's something that I have said a lot that and and I would kind of remodel it where I am not sure that we are corrupt, but I wonder about how people, what people perceive to be corruption versus not. I do think that a lot of people see, you know, they'll talk about a politician, oh, he's become rich or this or that, kick back. But from the ground up, do we really understand what corruption is? I remember talking to somebody who, or somebody that I work with, and talking about one politician and saying, oh, this person has given a lot of money, so, you know, they deserve contracts. (laughs) And I said, they deserve contracts, What kind of contracts, they're like government contracts. These contracts are meant to be for the benefit of Ghanaians, right? They're not meant to be a reward for, you know, donating to the party. This is not somebody with a lot of money. He's not a politician, but that's his perception, right? So I wonder if our actual understanding of what corruption is and is not is, is skewed. You know, I think that people, you know, is is it a cultural thing? Is it the way we relate to authority? Is it the way we think about getting ahead? Is it the way we relate to success and money? The perception of that, regardless of how we achieve it, So, I personally think that, yes, absolute leadership is important, checks and balances are important, enforcement of the laws is important. I think beyond that, we really have to investigate how we as a society, and I don't know if it's a a traditional thing from way back or if it's a, a kind of more modern thing, we really have to see how people from children up, I mean, look at teachers in a lot of our state schools, when it's a child's birthday or our day or something, parents take, you know, food, and the teacher will, that's somebody in authority, right? There are teachers who will take all of it and leave nothing to the kids. There's a problem, like I said, with authority, with the way we relate to authority, and the way we take advantage of the more vulnerable. And I don't think that's just about the leaders.
3: So, so that's an interesting point. I'll, I'll put that to Eunice pretty quickly. But when it comes to the, the subject of what the law says about corruption, corruption is a felony and not a misdemeanor, as uh, uh, one of the connectors mentioned there. And that needs to be emphasised, which is that as a society and in passing our laws, we acknowledge it's such a big problem. And so let's elevate it to a felony. Uh, bribery uh, is corruption and, and attracts a 12 to 25 year uh, uh, sentence. So that is pretty Hefty, uh, if if you if you get it wrong, um okay, Eunice. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 false. I, what what, what oh, is that? Is that in jest or you actually think this is this is not going to fix anything? When I quoted the, the law, before I bring Eunice. Yeah, because I don't think it's going to go do anything, Evans. Evans. When have you ever seen? When
2: have you ever seen anyone on the top being put through the law that you just quoted to us? Because, listen, was it Malaysia or Singapore where they, they had a similar thing there and the first minister to actually go through a corrupt moral practices? And basically what that minister did was he had a holiday paid for by a businessman and he got fired. I think he got fired straight away. We can't do that in Ghana because our system doesn't allow that. Because we have this language, and I sometimes blame the media. Tender, whatever, whatever, with kindness or whatever. If you're gonna, if you're prepared to do the crime, you have to be
3: prepared to do the time. When are we gonna learn that, uh, uh, you, Eunice? So, you, Eunice, you agree? Yeah. You agree with that view?
9: So, actually, I want a bit of clarity from what he's trying to say. So, are you trying to say that the, it being in the legal system, the, defi- the constitutional definition has no bearing on the realities on the ground?
2: My, Eunice, my statement is saying that.
9: Have we ever followed the systems
2: in place in Ghana? Because Ghana is the only country that I know, and I know, that has systems in place that n- are never followed, and once anybody—it could be Tom, Dick, and Harry—and um, um, uh, Carla was talking about politicians. Sometimes I just look at even, even the ministers, the so-called ministers of the word, the Chris, the, the churches. We see corrupt more practices. We can see a church leader throw money. Dollars? Do we spend dollars in Ghana? We see dollars being sprayed in a church, and we don't say anything about it. We don't. It's acceptable.
3: I mean, when are we going to really enforce these systems so, that so, we have in place in Ghana? So, Yonis, so I, I think the point he's making, and I don't know if you agree, is that if we're putting systems and everybody else is treated the same, regardless of who worships God, then you begin to address the problem with corruption, even if it's a society one. Thank you. And Evans, yeah. let me that, just explain um, something. Just really a second, just one second. Just okay, a second, okay. Just uh, one second. a second, yeah. Just one second. Do
2: you know the real name of a policeman in the UK? Tell me. The Queen's law enforcer. They enforce the law. What's the real name of a policeman in Ghana?
3: As a policeman, um, oh. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Eunice.
9: Okay so i can agree with the fact that the laws are not necessarily the problem but the implementation of them is something that we need to look at because yes i think that something that we can all agree to the fact that yeah the laws exist but then what does it look like when you someone is being corrupt Your leader has been corrupt. What's the problem there? And I think that's what the whole um, survey leads us back to, right? The perception of the legal systems that exist and the ability for them to be taken advantage of. And so what I want to contribute, particularly to what um, Carla was saying about Like what causes corruption? Is it just the leaders? Is it like a cultural thing? I think that regardless of the country that you are in, there's like three things that allow corruption to exist in my opinion. So like the first thing is your individual moral compass and then the ethical compass that exists in your society. And there's also the opportunity to be corrupt so for example if you are a police stop someone at a red light there's the opportunity to exploit them simply because of your position of power and there's also the um are the people within the country having the the necessary standard of living that they deserve?
7: the
3: hmm. oh goodness me Eunice Eunice we're losing you there hopefully uh, we can get Eunice back up uh, quickly because of the connection on the zoom uh, and we can hear but I want to switch it up a bit and hear a view of the important exporter something Saki. something are you with me oh great so, something talk, talk to me about something I mean I invited you because you know the importers and exporters this is view very endemic that at the, at, the, at the ports, that's where the real corruption is. Um, and it happens in huge, huge amounts. Is that a fair view of what happens at the ports and what really accounts for this? Do you agree with the view that I've been expressed, that it's a system problem? That the systems of the port is just so frustrating that you're just compelled to be corrupt if you want to survive and clear your goods and make money?
4: Well, thank you very much. I... I strongly believe that the port is also a human institution. Uh, human beings are working there, um, um, and then of course, if it comes to the port, you have different different units of government agencies private sector and are all working together you have the military you have the police you have the national uh, security you have the bni you have the youth uh, 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 uh what's call it um um this napati control people knock up you have you have the custom you have every year you have finance authority you have ETA. you have all kind of sort of
10: institutions
4: working in their part with the private like sector of course that is the important of course yes we are in a country whereby the call know, has been put today, please please. Hello, am I on hold yes you are yes yeah, you have a very robust system we have we have the icon working that you can start from U E from a to z at the point of clearance, at the point of exit, you will see important coming to tell you that, look, I have paid all my duty. Exactly, there are the people who have paid in the US, in the state, the people who have paid in the UK, right, come to your office and say, look, I have paid all my, my duty duties the taxes. The officers have to manage something. And I have to pay, I can't pay. Because if I have to pay something, I have to pass it on to the final consumer. And so every now and then, you get an issue, either whether it will be under direct, or Their own willingness, I believe that perform the work. And if someone says thank you for the job done, is different. But if you are demanding that I must collect this amount, just yesterday, another, another importer called me <laughs> and let me to understand that the amount of money that some officers were asking for, he can't if he has to pay it, then he's losing out of the job because he has something up to 2005 then. So and so, my brother, um, when I had the IGP. Request the and was asking why didn't haven't they gone to other institutions to also do their research and was referring to the court. I said, well, but the IGP what I was expecting was the IGP tell us what he had been doing as an IGP took over the office and tell us that if I am even investigating this sector and this is the result I'm also getting from there because you cannot be living with corrupt people and as the saying goes that you cannot live in a glass house and those, and so for us, it is a canker. It is something that the business community are not happy. But as you use the word, sometimes they are done and out of
0: breath. Okay,
3: so so for, so so from your point of view, it is a case of the officers and the security, you know, people and those in charge who make it impossible for you to avoid being corrupt.
4: <laughs> Absolutely, because that is what is happening. Because if, if what would, what would happen is because you would if you're, you load your cargo on the track and you have to exit and because someone say I am you have to give me A or B and if you are not able to give based on that can, you, your container can be delayed and it will take over and the following day you can't pay for occupying the space and the port. And for also paying some to the shipping mm-hmm. lab, because you are to keep in the container,
5: then you are compared.
3: But, but, but I need to ask you, because this came up in the conversation, right? I mean, it mm-hmm. was Force in the UK who makes the point about systems, right? You remember that there was an attempt to deal with this problem by digitizing the system at the post, the paperless thing, so that the human interface will be minimal, so that you can just go, just dealing with the machines and you know, the importers and exporters resisted it, didn't you?
4: No, 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 We never resisted. We didn't. We never resisted. But there was a lot of there was a lot of you noise about it. You can, you can go back. You can go back and and recall and pull tips and play. I, I remember recently uh, they were bringing a new system, and we said that the the previous system was doing very well. That was the uh, the East and then the West Blue. But that was at the time the government that was in 2020 when the government wanted to introduce what we call the. ICOM system. That is the custom integrated management system. And, and, and then we said it was very robust, it was very plumber on book, but it was not implemented anywhere near African countries. And indeed, at the end of the day, when, the, when it was implemented, we have all seen the tremendous. However, that can, we cannot overrule that since the ICOM is in the port, we don't have two months interaction
3: or human interface. It, 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 interesting, uh, Insaki. Stay with me, Insaki, because the, 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 there's a point you make there that had come up. I, I hear both um, uh, Ni and something Saki say, well, listen, it is the other. I mean, Ni says that it's the leadership. Saki says, well, it's the it is the people, the officers who are, are, are making this a bit hard for us obviously Kala disagrees that uh, it's the other and that we should look first at us. Ni, nee, I want to bounce it back to you. I mean, when you point to the leaders, but we elect them, right? And we make demands of them that some say are so unrealistic that they're forced, The MPs always say this. Force them to be corrupt to satisfy that demand. And that's, so this creates a visual cycle of corruption between the leaders and the led. Isn't that the problem, that we should look at this more as a society than, you know, point point the finger at the other? Yes, um, so, um, Evans, again,
5: I say if the people are going to be um, um, forced, if you may, or coerced into conformity with the law, that would have to come up from the top. But then again, it's not the people, all of us, who make the legislations in parliament. It's the elected representatives in parliament who are responsible for drawing up the legislation or the laws and then designing how it's going to be implemented. So, if people are corrupt, yes, granted, but we've elected leaders who are supposed to put
4: laws in effect that would.
7: Hello,
5: Leadership for what is happening in the So, yes, you could have corrupt citizens who might elect corrupt city, um, um, leaders. But I'm saying if we are going to deal with the law as it is in the land, it is parliamentarians' assistants who are the ones who draft our laws. And if we have good leadership that can put in those right legislations, it can go to a larger thing to curb the corruption among the people in the country. So, blaming leadership is not out of order at all. No, they are the ones who are responsible for some
3: of these things. Yeah, I mean, I I get the point. So, you're focusing on... on, So, force systems, you say the law. Eunice, is it just down to... We lost you earlier. The line wasn't great. I hope the line is great now, Eunice. Is it just down to enforcing the law or, or passing good laws and enforcing it would that simply cure the problem hello Eunice.
7: Yeah.
3: unfortunately Eunice is still uh challenged with that line uh carla you are the lawyer here so so talk to me about that is it simply down to i think broadly if you look at the poll and everything else there's a general acceptance that as a people there's something fundamentally wrong with with us when it comes to the subject of corruption. Um and so maybe enforce the law and it to whip everybody back in line. Is it simply is it as simple as that?
8: No, I, I, I don't think it is. Um and I wouldn't say there's something fundamentally wrong with us. I don't think we're any different from any other human beings on the planet. Thank you very much, Paula, for stressing that. <laughs> um, I mean, I've lived in the UK. I went to university. I don't, I don't think we're any different from anybody else. I mean, you hear no, stories about the US and other countries. We're not. Yeah. So I would say there's something fundamentally wrong with us. But yes, absolutely. Human beings, you know, if you don't enforce the, the rules and the checks and the balances, um, then, you know, people will try and get around them any way they can. Now, you know, I, I, I think one of my colleague panelists was talking about, the laws, believe me, there are more than enough laws. There are laws on bribery, there are laws on corruption, there's laws on everything. And a lot things that we see the police and other people do It's not because there are no laws. It's because they're sidestepping the laws. And so for me, that's why I say that I absolutely do think that we have to look at ourselves as a society, our understanding of ethics now. And I have never said that leaders are not important. They are very much important. But sometimes when you have one person or a couple of people against, you know you know, a thousand people who would rather not obey the rules, we have a problem, right? So I think that it needs a a kind of two or three-pronged approach because the the issue is a nuanced issue. So the leaders need to model integrity in their own behavior. First, they need to model it. Second, they need to enforce it, right? Third, I do think there needs to be an educational mind mind shift. I think it's something that we need... To, to to be educated from, from childhood about what corruption really is and is not and how it is impacting other people. Because you know what? You can have all the laws in the world and you can have one or two fantastic leaders who, and if everybody else is determined to sidestep the rules, even the checks and balances won't work. Now, that is not to say that we do we cannot improve our systems. We can and we must improve them. You know, we do need more decentralized power. We do need be- a better system of checks and balances. But we need to have a different cultural understanding, even of authority, you mm. know, of, of how to relate to authority. Oh,
7: because once,
8: once you bow down to, to somebody who's in authority, regardless of whether they're doing right or wrong, then that person can always get away with with, with oppressing or being corrupt or, or or whatever. I just think it's a nuanced issue. I think there's a lot of things. I think it's great to have these conversations. But I would like to see change happen as a result.
0: Okay, I, I and, and, okay. and, and
3: first, for first, I know I know you agree with her, so let me push you a bit on that point about something fundamentally wrong here. Uh, with us. And I know you agree with us. So let me push you a bit on that. So how do you explain for us? You are in the UK now. When I asked the first question, you say, yeah, when you come to Ghana, the, the, there's something about here that just puts you in a place where you contemplate. So you have been confronted and you resisted, right? You don't have the same challenge in the UK. So why, why is, what accounts for the difference? You will not dare, you know, even contemplate and have that conflict to resist in the UK. So what's the difference? If you if you disagree that there's something fundamentally amiss here, be, 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 Evans Evans, I'm
2: going to give you two answers. This, the simple difference is the systems in the UK work. It, it worked to about eighty five percent of. But who built who built that system? It is the people. And um, carlos spoke about there is there and is and the Hibuchi. point. There is the point hang about hang something on, hang fundamentally hang 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 wrong. On, Why can't we build on, that one system? Evans before you even jump in let me just say something. I you and I was on the same program and we were talking about something and I said we were talking about similar corruption thing and I said something. We are sleeping ourselves to a very horrible place in Ghana. I remember saying this and you're like what do you mean? I said the media is so porous, yeah. We've got media houses any willingly anybody just reporting anything and we are reporting things that make the country looks itself in disrepute and what do i mean by that what i mean is you see parents going to school to go and beat teachers who have disciplined their kids i never saw that when i was going to school in garden i never saw that now it's a common trend and parents feel empowered to go and discipline a teacher or beat, no, not discipline, beat a teacher that disciplines a child. There are discipline and there are, and I'm not advocating just whipping people, winning, Linny. That's not, not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about discipline has left our country ages ago. Anybody can go on radio and call anybody by any name and then call them names, powers that be. That wasn't how I was brought up in Ghana. That wasn't how I saw it then. And is the porousness of the media houses. And that I always say, it because at the end of the day, the media's work is just three. Educate, inform, entertain. We've just left the first two, information oh, so and entertainment, we've left it. So you so suggest that all this has, is the media's
3: fault? Is that the suggestion there? No,
2: I'm not saying all. Okay. I said the media
8: has a role to play in oh, this. Oh, yeah, of course we do. Because I agree with that. Especially the education part. The edu- well, how often do you hear educational programs
2: on Ghana radio stations, TV stations, media houses? Yeah. If it's politics,
3: even if it's politics, it's a politics of insults. So, so people Put are corrupt. People names and getting so, so angry. Pe- so people are corrupt because the media failed to educate them. Seriously. Yes! Yes! Because standards are shown by media.
2: Standards is very, very important to events. Mm. listen when people make mistakes in the uk through media they are dealt with double the 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 force that comes on anybody else reason being the media is used as an educational uh, uh, educational tool and to inform people for example when the president of ghana was going to address the nation did he do it at home alone it went through all the media houses for the whole country to hear it Mm. That should tell you that the media is very, very important when it comes to educating our children and our generations to come. Well, we are filled as the media. Just just stay with me. We should put our hands up in shape.
3: Let, let me quickly run that by Eunice, who's joining us on the telephone now because we lost her. Uh, he had a terrible connection on Zoom. Uh, Eunice, you agree with that, that, that this largely, and Carlos who agreed to, to some oh, extent. Hello, hello, hello uh, Eunice. Yeah, okay. So I just
11: wanted to weigh in on what he was Please saying go on. about the media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think that it's it's a pretty huge burden to place on the media houses that they must be like the sole reason why or not the sole reason, but a major reason why Ghanaians are educated because, an extent, right? Media houses thrive on sensationalism. They need the snappy story, They need the publicity that the government brings them to keep on like hold the public's interest, right? So to the extent that the public is interested in being educated is to the extent that the media can educate the public. And I think that even like currently, right, there are media houses, there are media outlets that do a great job of educating people about the systems that exist and the kind of problems that come with it, right? For example, there's this um, platform called Dennis Law that educates people on how the law works and how like, in practicality it looks like, right? But then there's very low patronage because People want the, sens- the sensational stories that the media gives to them. So I don't think that we can boil down the problem to the inability of media houses to educate people. But then the problem would more lie with um, the people being interested in being educated. first.
3: Okay, so that's a very interesting take on this. I, I wonder um, what what you have been saying uh, on our many social media platforms uh, to this very very interesting conversation as we all stand in front of the mirror uh <laughs> tonight okay manuel um what has what has what has what have people been saying on this they say you, your lack of, uh, you know, you're not educating people, so people are corrupt. Okay, but, but I wonder what people are saying on this.
6: Well, you you've been asking what what the real name of a policeman is in Ghana. here in Ghana. and has <laughs> oh, an answer for you. Mm-hmm. This one says the real name of a policeman in Ghana is Abang. Uh, Abang. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And, and, and more answers to the question that we had asked. It says. It's not a straight jacket answer at a point along the lines you also have to differentiate between selfishness and corruption that's from jeff inside man, this one says to answer the question let's see what happens in our homes as to what examples parents give their children little lies they tell them and they later easily see through at school students are prepared to cheat in order to pass i think he means some schools anyways sometimes with the connivance of parents and at times teachers so you see how society sadly breeds corruption okay. so
3: that's a whole society view on this exactly
6: Okay. famous uh in a crowd this one says evans i think fighting corruption will be taken seriously if the head of government business or machinery is not fully protected from prosecution and so if you know the ultimate responsibility principle at the end of the day president for instance is sued for corrupt activities and so on and so forth he knows he's liable for it while he's a sitting president and this suggestion is from um quesil inside washington dc and this one says that our leaders have no interest in developing a system for it to function as any serious country should have Mm -hmm. what do they spend their time doing anyways any offence committed by the ordinary citizen will result in the person paying ten times the punishment because nothing really works. It's survival of the ordinary man, not corruption. Alfred from Dodua.
3: Okay, Yeah. thank you very much for all of your uh, interesting views. Uh, Foss, always exciting uh, to hear you talk. Uh, I, I take your word for it. Uh, yeah, We are to blame Carla.
7: <laughs> it's thank always
3: you. good to hear you, Evans. Always, Carla. Thank you very much, Eunice as well. Um, uh, earlier, you had me, Ayahu join us, and uh, Samuel. Um, we we trying to challenge with the connection there, but listen, it's been an exciting uh, one hour with you on this conversation. Let's continue standing in front of the mirror, and the conversation is still up on our many social media pages: Facebook, Twitter. People are still talking and debating this. Go there and have a say.
10: Joy 99.7 FM is taking you on an all-expense paid trip to Dubai. Yes, I mean you, our discerning listener. All you have to do is have fun with us by joining the Joy Jingle Challenge. Question, are you creative? Are you good at mimicking? If you are, grab your phone right now. Swipe up to our TikTok or any of our social media handles on Facebook and on Instagram at Joy 99.7 and follow the page. Next, set for the video label, the Joy Jingle Challenge and jump on it. Have fun miming along and let's see if you are able to do it better than the original one. When you are done, upload it on our TikTok page or any of our own social media handles and tag us at Joy997 with the hashtag Joy Jingle Challenge. Yeah. Get your friends to engage with your video by either commenting, loving or liking it. Good to go. Our able judges will look out for the best renditions with the most engagements and you. You might just be on your way to Dubai. The Joy Jingle Challenge for the love of Joy FM.
1: Something is about to happen. Turn up your volume. Keep it right here on Joy 99.7 FM. I've got the power.
0: Joy 99.7, bringing you the best music and more.
10: (laughs)
2: This is the Joy Jingle Challenge.
10: Joy on the set. The Super Morning Show is always the best bet. <laughs> Joy 99.7 FM. The Cosmopolitan mix.
0: California, Freeland.
10: Hey. We are going on a summer holiday. If you want
4: to go, you'll sweat. We're going to London and New York City. Ain't that frequency square. 99.7. Feel <laughs> the beat of the
1: rhythm of the night. I dance until the morning this
10: light. This is dry, you dry a time on Joy. Dry time. Joy 99.7
0: FM. That is joy, joy. Joy 99.7, bringing you the best music and more. (laughs) The Joy Jingle Challenge is on.
7: and I say keep on listening to George,
0: George, 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 George. 99.7 FM. For all your sports news in the Locker Room.
1: Hello, I'm Lee James, host of Sports World on the BBC
2: World Service. For the best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to George Addo Jr. on the Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM.
8: Hello, I'm Sarah Mulcairn's host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the very best of previews
5: to the sporting weekend, listen to George Addo Jr. on The Locker Room on Joy
1: 99.7 FM.
4: Live on radio, live online. This is The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM with George Addo Jr.
7: Good evening and welcome to locker room live here on joy 99.7 fm uh, my name is overku ampavo and it's an exciting friday edition because after various uh, locker rooms that we've had in this period building up to the big season the big football season is finally here and the curtain raiser between uh, Manchester City and Liverpool, which would be the FA Community that takes place tomorrow. And you know what that means uh, when the Community show comes around. That means that the football season is just around the corner and our team's ready. Is your team ready? Uh, did they shop well in the transfer market? We'll be looking at that here on the local room, uh, finding out different perspectives from different fans across the globe, uh, judging the readiness of teams as the new season kicks in i would also be doing more than football as we touch on formula one uh, there has been some really big stories coming in this week so we'll be getting analysis uh, much later on that and the black princesses are already on tour in europe uh, playing france in a friendly game today It didn't go too well uh, the team being battered by the french uh, youth team Uh, but what does that mean for the Black Princesses ahead of the Under-20 World Cup? Uh, we know that now Dofole uh, Note, who is uh, a calf match commissioner and used to be a, a management committee member uh, of uh, the Black Queens, uh, she said that the team were going for the third position. So what does this friendly result against France mean in that dynamic? Uh, does it change anything? I'll be trying to get more deep ad-